Uh, joining us here on The Look Ahead to talk more about preseason football is veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. Chris has spent years on staff with the Cleveland Browns under Bill Belichick, also in the Tennessee Titans front office, and his website, LandryFootball.com, is a one-stop shop for all things football. Chris, thanks so much for giving us a couple of minutes, and how do you uh, evaluate the preseason with all the changes we've seen over the years and, you know, three games instead of four games. And of course, you know, the way that these teams now, I mean, the way that they're handling their starters. Well, with kid gloves, and I think it's a, um, it is, you know, it needs to be a balance, you know, on the surface, people say, well, you don't put them in harm's way. You don't have them in those quote unquote meaningless games that don't come in the schedule. And, from a developmental standpoint, you'd prefer to see younger guys. However, it is your duty as a coach, and I don't think enough is emphasis is put on this, to get every player and your entire team, of course, ready for the physical grind of the season. And the only way to do that is to hit and do certain things. It's I use this analogy that people may relate to. If, if you want to run a marathon or a half marathon, whatever, you don't just say, you know what, I'm going to show up. When is it? April? Good. I'll be there, and I'll just run, you know, 10 miles. And work that way. You, you need to run a mile. You need to run two and three, and you work your way into it. And I think that that's, the, that's why I think, A, people have backed off of it, and I think it's they played the starters less. And I also think why that's why the beginning of the season is, quite frankly, teams put themselves in a hole. I think the teams that do the best job of preparing for that physical activity um, can get off to a better start. The ones that don't, uh, yeah, you might start hitting your stride by week seven. Well, that's great if you now, you know, you know, uh, two and five, you know, it's not very good. You're in a hole. Absolutely. And so what are you looking for? during the preseason if you're not able to see a lot of the starters out there getting time? Well, it, it's really valuable to look at young guys. I think looking at young players is really important because you need to see how they develop. And, and it's, you know, you, you've got to get guys acclimated to the system. You've got to work on fundamentals. Do they make the same mistakes over and over or do they get better? Do they take to coaching well? Um uh, you know, do they have the same sort of competitiveness, uh, you know, in every practice? Those are the type of things that are really important to evaluate. It's not, oh, this guy threw two picks in a in a scrimmage or in a preseason game. He's a bust. No, it's not. That's okay. It's just, can you learn from that? Can you grow from that? How much better can you get? Those are the type of things that I look for. I look for growth. I think you want to see something in the first year. And I think you want to see some positivity in preseason, particularly with younger guys. Then, but I, but you're not going to get everything. You don't want to overwhelm them because the more you give them, the more you overwhelm them with responsibilities, the more likely they're going. The more they're going to make mistakes. So I think you have to have a happy medium for the veteran guys or the new guys that are veterans from another team. You're just trying just trying to get enough reps to make sure that they understand from an assignment standpoint. And I think if you do that, uh, I think that you can get something out of it. So look, everybody's having to adjust. I mean, you know, I'm sure you're noticing and around the league, they've got these special padded helmets on top of the helmets. Everybody's mm -hmm. doing a lot of things. We know safety is important. Um, 
but there's no substitute for the physicality of the game. And as I like to say, you're going to get hit, you know, week one. Uh, and if you're not prepared for it, it's going to hurt more and it's going to be more injurious to you if you don't prepare your body for it to some degree. How you do it, you know, uh, is certainly debatable. How much do you have to take what you see, though, with a grain of salt? Because, you know, in the preseason, you're playing against a lot of backups and a lot of guys that are going to be on practice squads. I mean, we remember, what was it for the Giants? Victor <coughs> Cruz, you know, became a star because of what he did mm -hmm. in the preseason. So how much do you have to say, wow, this guy can do something and he's showing me something versus, well, he's doing it against backups and guys that won't make the team? Well, you, that's why you're not looking at the production. You're looking at the traits, the skill set. If the guy has the skill set and he uh, consistently plays with a lot of energy, uh, consistently uh, not just make plays from a production standpoint, but consistently run good routes, you know, consistently is in the right position as a blocker, whatever position he plays, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for traits, not production, because you're right. Production, how many tackles, how many yards you threw for, how many yards you ran, how many balls you caught, that's not relevant to how good of a player he is. It's the byproduct of maybe some of the things that make him good. So not worried about the statistical production, but looking more at um, the skill set of the player and whether it really fits for us potentially if he's out there and whether he fits for, you know, keeping him on the roster. There, there's no question about it that um, it's those things and making plays on special teams that really opens the eyes for your team, the team that he's on, and maybe others. But, you know, the big thing is you know a player obviously a lot better than somebody that's on another team because you're in the meetings with them every day. You're in practice with them every day. So you pretty much know what you have. Uh, the games, quite frankly, gives you a little bit more information, but quite frankly, it shows your hand or shows his hand to other teams in the league because they're not seeing this player in practice unless you're having a, you know, a, a two or three day practice uh, soiree with another team, which does happen from time to time. What's the balance between trying to be competitive versus not wanting to show things and put things on film for the regular season? Well, I think it depends upon the team. I think that if you're a team like Jacksonville, you want to try to build some momentum. You want to try to build an attitude. There's, I think, an importance for maybe a younger team to learn how to win, uh, to say, all right, look, we, we got to go on a two-minute drive here at the end of the first half. We got to get it done. I think those things maybe are a little bit – the results are a little bit more important for those type of teams. I do think winning is something that is learned and ingrained. I think that – you know, the first step is to get competitive in games, but you really need to learn how to win. But not at the expense of, all right, well, we're going to put the starters back in because we need to win this game to look good. No, you want to win with whoever's in the game. I think the veteran teams, you know, I think that it's, again, more about looking at players. So in terms of what you show, what you try to do in preseason is you try to work on what you want to work on. You're not really put, you're not game planning for an opponent. So you may work on certain things. Like, for example, you might not have a blitz package in, uh, or you might have a certain blitz package that really is not the ideal blitz package for this opponent. But in preseason, you're not concerned because you're trying to look at maybe working on certain blitz pressures 
And so you're not worried about showing it. Well, you to me, I always felt like there's a whole lot of things I can show people. You know, and what I'm trying to do is work on what's going to be best for my team and what do we need work on? What do we need more uh, execution on? And do that. And then, you know, in preseason, you may see some of that stuff. That's okay. You know, you you dress it. In fact, I mean, I do that a lot. Always was involved in doing that a lot is, is I never worried about what we showed. That's what self-scouting is. Look, this is what we've done in these situations. So we're going to window dress it, meaning we're going to make things look formationally and personnel grouping wise, like what we've done in the past, but we're going to do something different. There's, there's no shortage of things to do, but what you try to do in preseason is to find things that you do well and try to fine tune that and try to really work on the things that you don't do well. And sometimes in the process, you learn, okay, look, we got to play this left tackle here, our third left tackle. If we got to play him in a regular season game, we're going to have to give him help because he can't handle good pass rush one-on-one. So those are the type of things that you might be able to ascertain in preseason. You might not give him help in a preseason game, but you're trying to see whether he's going to need it. And a lot of that has to do with, as you mentioned, who is rushing against him, for example. Or, you know, just in general, is he going to struggle with an inside step move? Is he going to struggle from a technique standpoint? Chris, do me a favor. Hang on through the break. I want to get into some college football on the other side. You bet. It's Chris Landry. You follow him on Twitter at LandryFootball. The website is LandryFootball.com. Chris, a veteran scout, coach, and consultant. We'll talk some college football coming up next. React to maybe uh, some of the teams in the coaches poll that came out earlier this week. This is The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN. We are rejoined by football scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. And Chris, let's talk college football here. The coaches poll comes out, and there is no surprise at the top with Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. But Notre Dame at number five. Are the Irish really the fifth team in the nation? Scott, I don't think there is a fifth team. I mean, think about it. Anybody that you put in the fifth spot, you can sit there and say, huh, I don't see that. <laughs> I think I think the reality is it's Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, in any order you want to put those three. And I think you could make a pretty decent case that Clemson is a considering their talent level relative to their schedule in their league, might have the best chance to be a fourth team. But really, you can take the 15 and the 15th team, and you can put Notre Dame at 5 or 15. I mean, who else are you going to put there? Oregon, Utah, USC. Uh, I mean, someone else in the Big Ten? No. I mean, so really, there, there's not one. So I think anybody you put there is, is you know, basically that's why ranking is not important. It's kind of like a draft board. You know, you know, always say around draft time, mm. look, there, there are three – elite tackles then there's a big drop off so who the hell cares who's the fourth guy the fourth guy is just the the next tier grade wise of eight other players so you know it's the top three I, I think that's how I mean it's certainly how I grade teams and at least going into the season that's how I see it I see it as a three I see there's a little bit of a drop off and I think that Clemson at four is closer to the 
groups that that's at five and below, but I think they might be at the top of that group, if you will. Just so, yeah, I saw that and I got asked that a bunch. And I, my answer would be, who else are you putting at five? Because <laughs> no one else. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, as I mentioned, USC, Oregon, Utah. Um, you know, I, really no one else is really deserving in my mind. I think over the course of the year, you know, maybe we can have a case. And, you know, it, it, it almost shapes up again, Scott, like that fourth team is going to be the sacrificial lamb in the college football playoffs again, like it has been a long time. So who's going to be this year's Michigan or Cincinnati? Well, that's what we're going to find out. But right now we don't really know. Well, speaking of Michigan, what's your evaluation on them going into this season? The schedule is pretty soft, but I, I'm very curious how they handle the offense with the loss of Josh Gaddis. Yeah, look, I think that um, it's going to be a drop-off from last year. There's no, you know, uh, alpha male Aiden Hutchinson to kind of lead that defense. Or they're going to be good. You mentioned the schedule is, uh, is such, but I think there's a significant drop-off between Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten. Um I don't, I don't think Michigan's that big of a threat but in terms of national playoffs. But they can have a good season. Don't really see anybody out. I don't see Wisconsin. I mean, somebody's going to win the West. It might be Wisconsin. And, you know, who knows? But uh, I think there's a drop-off there. And uh, I, I just think they're a good team, and maybe they're the second-best team in the Big Ten. But, again, what does that really mean? It means that they're just above maybe a handful of other teams that are quite a bit apart from Ohio State. At least that's the way I see it. Is Utah the class of the Pac-12? I don't think they're the class. I think they're the best team. I think that Kyle Whittingham's Utah team is maybe maybe the best developmental program in the country. And, and developmental program is defined, uh, for me, by, you know, they're, I mean, Alabama develops players, you know, better or good as anybody. But I'm talking they will get what you would be normally considered three-star guys, two-star guys, and get them to play well together. Utah does as good a job of that as anybody. I think they're in the mix. They can't afford injuries. I think because USC's not ready yet, maybe Oregon's pretty good. I wouldn't say Utah's the class, but I think I would probably make them the favorite as the best team, T-E-A-M, not the most talented team, but maybe the best team, maybe the most cohesive unit. We'll see. I think they've got a pretty good chance, and they may be, you know, uh, uh, they may be like a, a Washington or a, um, a Michigan State a few years ago that made the playoffs. Maybe that's Utah this year, but you know we've seen them in big games before, Scott, with some pretty good teams, and man, they just they just collapse uh, in the moment. So so we'll see, and I'm very curious to see what they do in the early part of the season against an athletic Florida, but an inexperienced Florida. Yeah, are they capable of going into the swamp and winning that game as an underdog? Absolutely. Florida has got a lot to prove, um, a lot coming together, but there's no doubt that Florida has more overall athleticism, but I think it's a good test for Utah. And look, Scott, if, if the difficulty in anybody in the Pac-12, unless you're a dominant team, is you play an extra conference game. I mean, do the math. Every You're going to have more losses than other conferences just because you're going to play an extra game. You're going to have X amount of losers in those games. It's going to make it difficult for for Utah to run the table. But if Utah is able to do it, including a win over Florida, which is not going to be like a typical win over Florida might look, but it still will be a nice win if they can run the table. But I don't know if they can run the table in the Pac-12. I think there's somebody who will get them because I just think it's very difficult. And it's not like that they're, from a talent standpoint, 
utterly dominant. They're just really good, but they've got to be like on every week. And that's the thing about the elite teams. Alabama doesn't need to be on every week. Georgia doesn't need to be on every week. Ohio State doesn't need to be on every week. You know, if they're not on, then they'll just win by, you know, 13 instead of 23. You know, it's just, uh, Utah can't do that. They are not on in a given week against anybody. Boom. It's a loss. I want to go back across the country and go to the ACC where Miami uh, is getting some some love this year. Tyler Van Dyke getting a lot of love in the Heisman market. How good is this kid and how good can he be in this offense? I think it can be pretty good. I think I'm very curious to see how this offense develops. My sense is that he can be really good. I, I think, again, everyone's looking for someone that's not the, you know, the chalk who can step up and, Look, I mean, pick somebody who's going to play Clemson in the conference championship game. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's, it's why Pitt has had a little bit of a nice run. They'll be pretty good. Florida State's probably not ready. I'm not sure that Miami. That I'm overly excited about Miami nationally. Again, whether ranked top 15, top 20, who cares? They're really not, you know, in an elite level. But they could possibly win that division. But I can say that about three or four other teams in that uh, division as well. But uh, they're, they're one to look at. I do think that their future is good if Mario continues to recruit like he has. Look, they're not necessarily going to get back to the old Miami, but they can be, like, really good and maybe consistently good. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. What about Dylan Gabriel's chance to put up some big numbers in an offense that he's extremely comfortable with, with Jeff Lebby now in Oklahoma? Yeah, they're going to be a fun watch, and I do think that running this paced offense, a guy that's smart, that can make decisions at the line of scrimmage because you've got to you throw him concepts and he calls the plays, I think he has a chance to do a really good job. They've got some young guys as well, but that's going to be – it's maybe as interesting a watch as uh, is out there for me because of the fact that Brent Venables I know wants to – may be a different looking defense, but the offense, if the pace is like Jeff Levy likes to run it, well, that's going to make it difficult for the defense. And hey, haven't we said that enough at Oklahoma under <laughs> Lincoln Riley? I'm just wondering if it is it going to be different? Is it going to be the same? What's the future? How's the mesh between what Jeff Levy wants to do and what uh, Brent Venables wants to do? That's going to be interesting. Chris, what do you got cooking on uh, LandryFootball.com now? Oh. Well, we've got obviously we've got all the previews up, all the daily notebooks. Is you know people are getting in, people are into their practices. All the latest news and notes from around the world of college football, recruiting still heavy. A lot of stuff going on um, each and every day there. But what's going on on at practices? Obviously, tough news at Wake Forest, um, Hartman today. We just got everybody covered there, and for the NFL fans, the same things with all the training camps and with Week One of preseason. It's about breakdown of the season, players, teams, coaches schemes at the college and NFL level, giving you a coaching and scouting perspective. That's what we got at Landry football. Absolutely love it. Chris, appreciate the time and the insight. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you. There he is. Chris Landry. Check him out. LandryFootball.com on Twitter at Landry football. Chris is a football scout coach and consultant uh, worked in the Cleveland Browns organization, the Tennessee Titans front office, had some years at LSU and consults with uh, pretty much every NFL team and major college football program currently.